Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 195 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shek. Oh, I am very excited for this particular episode. In just a few minutes, coming into Studio 66, one Mr. Elliot Harrison. Of course, you know him from NFL.com and NFL Network. He's kibitzing here and there about his power rankings. He's doing his weekly picks for us. We will do the Red Challenge flag segment in which we pick the games, or I should say Elliot picks the games against one handsome Hank. They go head-to-head, and if they disagree... They get to throw the red challenge flag at each other. And also, from around the league, you know him from the Around the League podcast and his very fine pages, Chris Wessling is also going to be joining us to talk about Romo. Romo has been the hot button, I think, since the season kicked off. I would say that the Tony Romo, the latest pick, has gotten the most heat of any single incident in the 2013 season. So we're going to debate his virtues. And really, for me, it's not anything, any knock on Tony Romo, the player. Rather, it is the Romopologists around him who defend him as though we've all just imagined these last second, these last, uh, these, uh, these crucial interceptions and turnovers he makes in the most crucial of times for his Dallas Cowboys. So we're going to have Elliott and his tag team partner will be Chris, Chris Wessling going pro-Romo. And it will be me and the man seated directly across from me. All the way from across the pond, the Atlantic Ocean, the Miami Dolphins' biggest fan, it's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank, he's Handsome Hank, he's Handsome Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, David. I hope so. And are this you, is the are day you... I've been looking forward yeah, to for are... some time. 
Well, I hope you're right in the brain for this. I'm ready. You know, so you, you've you often complained, as Elliot and I have, what, two or three weeks now, we've done our uh, challenge flag segment. Yes. And you say that we always agree on everything. So I'm thrilled that we, oh, we, yeah. we didn't agree on, well, obviously we're not going to agree on, on Romo, and that we get to slug it out here. I think this is the kind of drama you've been looking for. Yeah, last Sunday, I encourage you, Nay Demand, that you go over to, what is it, N- at NFL underscore Harrison. No. At Harrison underscore NFL. It makes sense. At NFL UK Hank. They had quite a bitter back and forth on the Twitter about Romo's virtues and his uh, his bad points. We'll extend that. A lot of people who are regular listeners of the show immediately began tweeting me, are these two going to be in the same room together? I assured them that they would be, and soon enough they will. But handsome, you got to keep your game face on because a real treat coming through the door in just a couple minutes before Elliot and Wessling do, is Brian Hartline of your beloved Miami Dolphins. That's very exciting. Real quick, a couple of programming things, some plugs for myself. NFL.com slash Sheck, again, S-H-E-K. A new Sheck report for you, reviewing week five. Plus, this Romo apology stuff really has gotten so far under my skin that I felt compelled to break it off from the Sheck report proper and do a special report I think we, what we called it the reality Sheck. I liked Shekstra. Shekstra. Ah, where were you when we were naming it? Reality Sheck, though. I gave a reality Sheck to all you Romopologists out there. Look for that. And also a new NFL on Thursday Night Football. This week, it is the Bears hosting the New York Giants. So it's sort of one that involves both those teams. It's about the backup QBs and the role they've played in some Super Bowl runs or non-Super Bowl runs for those two teams. So much going on at NFL.com slash Shaq. All right. The cavalcade of fun for Handsome Hank comes to a crescendo here and now. <laughs> Look who's walking into Studio 66. Open the door for him, Black Tie. Bring him in. Wide receiver supreme of the Miami Dolphins. And this is exciting for two people, really, because Handsome Hank, you get to, uh, Brian Hartline gets to meet uh, a fan, a supporter. Take a seat. Looking handsome, by the way, may I say, a three-piece suit, checkered, gray, a pink tie. Purple. With purple tie, excuse yeah. me. Purple. Accented purple appropriately. Ribbon, yeah. How about that? Nice so job. I. Nice job. What? Wait a second. Wait a second. Right out of the gate. I mean, I don't want to start on the wrong Uh-oh. foot, but you're a grown man wearing I makeup? I am. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what experience ever. First experience ever. Sit <laughs> yeah. down. We're going to touch up. Like, well, it's going to take a while because I know I'm an ugly dude, so uh, fix me up. Now, you understand this is this is just a podcast. No one's seeing you. Do you just felt like feeling pretty hey, to come in with, here? I'm going, <laughs> yeah, Handsome Hank was here. He I, had to, make sure, he I had to make sure I was looking good. Exactly. I, didn't, I didn't want to get beat up. You, you know, know how long I spent in makeup this morning yeah. getting ready for this as well. Look at that. <laughs> you both look terrific. Brian Hartline, before we jump into it, how about the juice that the Miami Dolphins have, not just in these United States, but across the big blue marble. This is an Englishman who gravitated I, to those Dolphins. It's amazing. Some years ago. I, the Twitter gives you that access. It's amazing how many people throughout. I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams get that, but uh, how far the NFL reaches. Yeah, it's amazing. It, is. Yeah. it really is. You don't yeah. realize it. I mean, from South Africa, I'm trying to think South Africa, the UK, I mean, everything. I mean, I've, I've, seen, I've seen it all on Twitter. What do you think, yeah. Handsome? Well, What's your I mean, question? Yeah, I, I know that they're. I know that they're big in London. I was just. We were talking earlier on, like 
I saw yesterday as the Raiders were announced as one of right. the teams that's hosting a game in London next year, and you guys are slated to play the Raiders in 2014. If that all lined up, how, how would you feel about playing overseas? I mean, that'd be great. I never had a chance to be over there, uh, either vacation or as a game or anything. So uh, it'd be a great experience. I always wonder how they picked one of the furthest teams away to go all the way over there. <laughs> that's a good um, point. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I don't. And I also wanted to ask too: How, how did Miami become such a big following over there? Is it because we're so East Coast and so uh, close? Is I there, think it's, I is think there a commute from there to right. you know, Europeans in the in the Miami it's, area? Exactly, it's a couple okay. of things. I think it's probably people go on vacation from the UK, let's say to gotcha. Florida. They're more likely to go there than yeah. let's say Pittsburgh. Sorry, or dude. Oakland. Ah. Uh, exactly. Or, or Oakland. Oakland. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go check out the US. I'm going to go to Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. So that's one part of it, and then the other part is when when football became really big in the UK, kind of in the mid early 80s. Yeah. Obviously, there was Marino and the Dolphins right. were flying high, and so I think people wanted to jump on that. Well, we're going to get them back on. It doesn't, doesn't it seem to on. you, Brian Hartline, that, that I, I mean, as an American, it seems yeah. to me like if you ever go abroad, that Miami is sort of what the fi- – in their brains, they either think every American is either surfing and out at the ocean or <laughs> or wearing cowboy hats. I think more cowboy hats. Yeah, probably. I they think we're just a bunch of rednecks <laughs> Wait, running that's around. That's not true. Well, we, I, we're I mean, only ninety-seven percent redneck. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we, we got everyone's got a redneck in them. They just don't realize it. Uh, I'd be lying to say I didn't. So, uh, did not have a suit with cowboy boots on. I guess I'm I'm doing some disjustice here. I would like to say, listen, we have. I know you've been making the rounds here at NFL Network all day. People can track down all your stuff, and I do want to get through. I want to try to hit some of these big NFL items real quick, though. What Let's do you do think it, of the man. new uniforms? Uh, I love them. You like I mean, them better than the I, old. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I had no affiliation to Miami and the logo and whatnot. Walked into it and didn't think anything of it. But being as where it's where it's at now, I love one the colors because I think the colors before were so dark and just dingy. Mm-hmm. I don't know now that you look at it, and uh, I love the logo. The last logo to me, fellow cartoony, you know. And yeah, but and he was just, but I, he was I playing like it. it safe with the hat. I get, yeah, except I get it. the hat had an M on it, which means he played for a different team well, than I the Miami Dolphins. Understood. I don't know right. if he was riding a bicycle. I don't know. So we, uh, <laughs> uh, I love it. I enjoy it. I think that the uniforms uh, was definitely an improvement. Well, uh, you mentioned the handsome, handsome Hank. Thing. Do you, I yeah, it. you know, I don't know. Fan. We've talked about it. I love it. You I like mean, them better yeah. than the old? Yeah, way better. The shiny yeah, turquoise pants were no good. I think yeah, the yeah, old white. I think the old white looks great. sharp. And, yeah, and yeah. I love the, I love the face. The white face, yeah, white, white face yeah. mask. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you started out as a Cowboys fan. Yeah. You know, you're in, now you're a pro football player, which is pretty cool. Your game ended early. I know on a sour note. By the way, did you see the Dolphins mascot cheering after the field goal miss at the end of the game? I know. It's a right. Yeah, I think I saw it on a headline about something about the Miami mascot. I did yeah. not Sturgis, check it out. Sturgis misses the right. field goal. Pretty, I mean, it's a fifty-seven yarder. Right. It's a long yeah, shot to, to try and get, but he misses it. And you look underneath the goalpost. The uh, the the your Dolphins mascot is jumping up and down. Where did he have to go? Did he have somewhere he's, to be? He's a dolphin, I guess. I don't know. If yeah, maybe he doesn't know the rules. Yeah, yet, I, I don't know. He's from UK. I'm telling you, he ain't been right in the head yeah. since he took that helmet I think, off. I think it was Ace Ventura that's still messing him up. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you grow up a, a Cowboys fan. Your game ends early. Then this classic unfolds. Now I'm from Pittsburgh. I was uh, distracted watching the Pirates and Cardinals play gotcha. in the NLDS. But most of America was tuned in. Were you, Brian Hartline? I was grabbing some. I was still. I was entertaining still. I still had family in town and all that kind of good stuff. Oh. So it's tough to catch stuff right after the bat. But I was catching highlights. Brother was informing me. 
Uh, how about that? How do people jump on Tony Romo like that? Well, that's the question. Know, you know, we're about. It. Oh, let's you, get to it. Let's get so to you're it. pro Romo in uh, this? Absolutely. This is an NFL league. Go replace Romo and see how your how your your uh, Cowboys do that. Oh, you know, I don't know if we can line this right. up because we have one of the great supporters, as I call them, and I guess I count you in this group now too, Romopologists. Listen, here's the thing, Brian Hartline. He's dynamite. I have no doubt yeah. about that. I'm not diminishing him. People, the straw man argument goes like, well, you, oh, Tony Romo, you, you bash him for throwing a bad pick at the end of the game? Well, So he stinks then? No, I didn't say he stinks. Right. I said he throws bad picks at bad His, times. Exactly. Here's where you get into problems is because if, if, if it's, you know, walks like a duck, smells like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's usually a duck. So uh, my problem is is that a lot of, I mean, I think the world of him, I think he's an awesome quarterback. I think I like his how he leads his team. I love how he plays the game. And he carries you know, his heart on his sleeve. I get all that, and I respect that. But you're right. There's been a trend with uh, fourth-quarter kind of debacles at times, and uh, it's tough. I mean, no one wants to be around that, but he's just so good. You can't validate getting rid of the guy. I mean, how do you get rid of him? I mean, one, he demands a hmm. big contract. you got to pay him or you got to get a new one. And if you got to get rid of him, who's behind him? I don't even know. Right. I but mean, I- he's, 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 this league is so thin at quarterback, you're cutting people like Josh Freeman. Are you serious? I mean, I don't, I don't think – People don't understand what Peyton Manning does to the Denver Broncos. I mean, or you get rid of all of the uh, all the guys up in uh, uh, New England, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was a little rough at the start, quote unquote. But you still got Tom Brady. You're fine. You know, That's so right. It's a quarterback league, and it's hard. I would, I would be, you'd be hard pressed to find someone better than Tony Romo. So I don't think anyone's advocating let's get rid of Tony right. Romo. I think what they're saying is, if you've got a guy who makes those mistakes Correct. at the end of crucial games. Like next level from having a quarterback is having a quarterback can take you to the playoffs, take you to the Super right. Bowl. That's where is being he, elite. And is he going to be that guy? I, I can't tell you that. I mean, luckily I'm the player. I don't have to make those decisions. But I'm just telling you, from a personnel standpoint, that's a hard person to let go of. And you can't let go of them, and you can't get them off the field. You got to pay them, and you got to live with them. And that's really what it comes down to. Would you? I, I mean, we can get into Ryan Tannehill territory yeah. now, and I, you know, and. The the point is really with Romo, again, eight years, and the record speaks for itself. And, you know, the apologists, the Romo apologists always point to the other deficiencies right. with the Cowboys. You know, as you mentioned, Tom Brady is on a, on a pretty bad roster. I would say um, that, your, uh, that your Dolphins have a deeper roster, okay. and it ain't even close, I don't think, compared okay. to New England. But Tom Brady is gangbusters, and Ryan Tannehill looks like he's headed in that direction. But right now, Brady is, is carrying that team to 4-1. and one. That's yeah, you know, and actually, you know, I, I, and, and he de- deserves that recognition. But you, you'd be hard pressed to not saying, "Hey, this defense changed up in New England." Mm. So, yes, they, they, the, the Tom's still getting the job done. He's helping lead this team. Uh, but you know, you, I don't know if they'd be four and one without that defense. So, um, I would say at this point, the defense was kind of carrying this team to, to, for the early start of the season. Um, what about Braxton Miller, by the way, real yeah. quick? I'm jumping all over the Let's place trying it. to get it all in. Are Let's you keeping it. eyes on Columbus? Uh, yeah, I am, Braxton. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very critical, and I try to keep my mouth shut. I hate talking about college players because they don't get paid, so I don't think that it's right to criticize college players. Mm-hmm. But I'm very impressed with the growth of Braxton Miller uh, through this point, uh, fighting through injury, bouncing back from injury, not having a, a hangover from that injury. And the way his arm has probably progressed is uh, uh, much more improved than I was expecting personally. The, 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 and he looks like a pro-level yeah, QB think, to you? And I think when you get guys like – and this is a huge compliment. When you get guys like Russell Wilson uh, playing the way he did out of Wisconsin, 
uh, obviously starting in you know NC State and whatnot. But uh, um, the way how he's built, how he plays the game, it, I'd be hard pressed to say he doesn't remind me a little bit of Braxton Miller, Max, you know, of him. So uh, uh, you can go through the league and probably find more guys like that. But you know, that's one guy that jumps out at me. All right, back to uh, to the NFL QB game. Like you say, it's a quarterback league now. I got a little bit of heat a week or so ago because I said we were doing the the this uh, this golden age of young QBs, starting with Cam Newton's year and then going into okay. Russell Wilson, Tannehill, and everybody else. I said Andrew Luck won. And then I put the where it really got dicey was I put Ryan Tannehill ahead of Russell Wilson. I know it's hard for you to do when he's on your team, but yeah. how do you sort of categorize where Tannehill ranks among Kaepernick, Newton, RG3, and the rest? That's hard. I mean, it depends where you want to go with it because in this league— he's not, And by the way, Tannehill's probably not listening, so speak, be, <laughs> nah, speak yeah, from the right. heart. Yeah, no, it won't come back to bite me at all. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, it depends how you want to look at it because if you're playing potential, if you're playing down the road, if you're playing – because you're always judged on how many games you win in the NFL. That's the standard. That's how you win. I don't care about stats. I don't care if you got a 1,000-yard receivers. It doesn't matter. Uh, Russell Wilson's winning well. Uh, Kaepernick uh, of late is having a little bit of struggles, but he, he's, he's proven last season what he could do. Uh, Andrew Luck is doing a great job. Uh, Ryan is improving tremendously. And we are still continuing to build around him because the team wasn't quite as ready as those other teams might have been. Uh, so um, we are uh, we're growing. Uh, Russell Wilson again has won football games. Uh, he's earned the respect from being a later draft pick to kind of take the path he's taken. So it's just tough. I think it depends how you're trying to rank them and, and where you want to go from there. All so right, well, to uh, here, let's start me. with this. All I right. like talking about how fast each guy is. I think Peyton Manning, ironically, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are yep. among the very best, but they would probably finish 31st and 32nd in a foot race among okay. quarterbacks. Fair enough. Where does Ryan Tannehill come in uh, against young, Cam, young RG3, Kaepernick, uh, Wilson, the quit, that's, that's, I'm that's telling a you, a lot of speed. Well, but he, he's a wide receiver. Ryan, Ryan right. is not a wide receiver. He's a quarterback. I mean, he <laughs> but, was. You know what I'm saying. He, he can run, man. I mean, that's one thing that we're beginning to develop more and more into our offense. Where is he ranked? I don't know. I mean, I think he's probably faster than Russell. I don't know for a fact. I bet she's faster than Russell. Kaepernick can run now. He's mm-hmm. probably one. I bet she goes Kaepernick, Cam, Ryan, uh uh, Russell, that'd be my Lux, guess. Luck's quick though. Luck's definitely going to be last wheels. though. No. Yeah, he's fa- really he's got yeah. wheels. Nah, I don't no. know about faster than these guys though. How much are you guys talking in the Dolphins locker room about? You know, it, it's a funny thing because in movies, yep. a big difference between movies and reality, it seems, and we saw that on Hard Knocks a year ago, is that the head coach in the movies is like. I, Fellas, we got to get ourselves together and get out there and run them over and teach them a lesson and, and give them what for, see? But Philbin is the opposite of that. I mean, it seems like he couldn't be any more low-key. What is it? What, is there buzz in that locker room about, like, man, uh, you know, where's uh, where's a Vince Lombardi-type speech go? <laughs> uh, man, I, uh, okay, so Philbin has his own style, and I respect yeah. his style. He's very structured. He always has note cards and note points of where he wants to go with what he's got. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime we've, we've had a couple of chances, we've had some wins. We've had some, some close games where we pulled things out. And uh, we get to see the real Coach Philbin. We get to see what his family sees. We get to see the emotion. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's some funny stuff. He's an Irish guy. He had a little Irish jig in there, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's using some other moves that probably shouldn't have been moved. But anyways, it, it, you know, it's good to see him open up. It's great to see him where he was last year. And when you're coming in as a new head coach, you're so concerned about getting the team ready 
uh, and being you know, overanalyzed on what do these guys think of me and how I want to be perceived. And now he's into the point where uh, he's getting his guys on his team. And uh, he's starting to act more like himself. And, uh, and it's really translating through the team. The Dolphins of 2013 will not win the AFC East because fill in the blank. If we don't protect the football. And protecting the football, to me, it also incorporates protecting our quarterback. And we do that by many different things. I mean, whether it's receivers getting open so we get the ball out quicker, you know, backs and, you know, picking up protections or blitzes or, or the line, making the proper calls. There's The whole offense is in charge of that. But that being said, that is the crucial point. So taking care of the football on offense, we incorporate taking care of the quarterback. That is our number one Achilles heel right now. When you play the Patriots, because those figure to be two big games coming up for you guys, legitimately, I'm sure I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You win those two games, you maybe you, you know, you oh, probably those are, those are big games. So, listen, <laughs> oh. do you say? But look, <laughs> listen, sass you can give me, but I'm trying to give you the facts. Fella. Let's do it. I'm trying to tell you where it's at. Tell me. You win these two games, you win the AFC East. Will you? Because I assume the rhetoric for an NFL player is. Just another game, we're going to show up. But will there be in your belly, will there be like, I know I've played big games against Michigan in college and yeah, everything, yeah. but man, if we, it's Tom Brady. Oh, Look, no, it's I, Bill Belichick. Do you get that way? Yeah, I'm big in the moment. I don't even think about the past. But hmm. uh, honestly, I mean, it, I really am not thinking past Buffalo. Buffalo is a huge game because yeah, every team has played in the divisions. We have not. So, And really in the NFL, division games are worth two. So if we can come out, we can get a win here, and then we turn around and we see New England, Right away, the, you're right. There's huge games because again, they're worth two, and uh, and again, we haven't seen we're, we're three and two without seeing a division opponent yet. So that's that's a huge opportunity for us. So go ahead, just, handsome. You just you mentioned you that uh, Joe Philbin showed off some moves that yeah. he shouldn't have. Can you talk us through your touchdown dance in week three? Oh yeah, oh. Uh, those are probably moves I probably shouldn't have showed off either. No, indeed. Um, <laughs> I love it. every time I see it, I freaking crack up, man. That's some funny <laughs> it stuff. It was a great one. It was a funny stuff. So uh, I, I, it's still in the back, uh, the back pocket. I'm working on maybe another one that's pretty funny too. I don't know which one I'll pull out. It's probably some spontaneity going in there. But uh, uh, overall. Uh, me and my brother were hanging out one night. We were having fun, and uh, we both started doing that little dance. And I just said, right there and then, if I get a chance, I'm hitting that on Sunday. And uh, I actually had it ready for for, for the Browns game. Uh, Brandon Gibson kind of got to me too quick and wanted to celebrate. And I didn't really <laughs> want to give him the stiff arm, so I celebrated with him and let it go. And then again, it came in Atlanta, and uh, I was able to uh, fully expose it. When that happens, you have to warn you know your your teammates. Yeah, By I the way, to, I've got something. Yeah, now planned, I did. So yeah. Cause if you, if, yeah, if you go and you check out the Atlanta game when we scored, uh, uh, Brandon was sitting there waiting for me to finish my dance because right. he, was, he was ready to, to yeah. celebrate. And then I hit it a couple times, and he just jumped me after that, and uh, it was good fun. But uh, uh, we really have a good time with it. makes the sport what it is, and yep. it co- still keeps smiles on your faces, and I crack up every time I see it. All right, last thing real quick for right. you is, and by the way, what a delight, another one. I can't believe every – Ninety nine percent of NFL players prove to be delightful. You know, really? Really, it's I, I find it remarkable huh. that unless we're impossibly lucky with. Yeah, uh, I think you. Uh, I mean, everybody who comes in sixty six is proven to be a delight. Let's Pro- do it. Black tie. Tell me one who has. You know who's uh, who's fantastic. Probably your old pal AJ Hawk. Do you oh know yeah, him? yeah. Really, he's fantastic, huh? Oh, he comes he's off one so of our dry Sometimes, yeah. Oh no, I love it. AJ's a great guy, man. Oh no, we love him. Now, even Greg Schiano when he came in here was pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah? Schiano, yeah, he was. He brought so. the whole family. But yeah, his whole but family he, too. Yeah, he took a swing at me at the end, though. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> now, listen, 
real quick, Mike Wallace. Yeah. So he makes his statements a couple of times that are kind of dicey. I want the ball, and it's a little. It sounds if you just see a quote that if from the outside looking in, it's a little. You know, me, me first. When he comes in the locker room, do you say to him, like, hey, Mike, what was that about? Or is it like, I get where you're coming from kind of thing? Yeah, no, we don't say a, a darn thing. I think, you know, I, can, I understand where he's coming from. You know, really, and I think the one we're talking about is even the game one when he didn't see the ball as probably as much as he wanted to. We won the game. It was fine. Huge stress. Same division he used to play in. Seeing the same guy used to go against him. Really felt like a lot of weight was on his shoulders. And uh, I don't blame him. And I don't see him saying, talk to the coach, nothing to say, talk to the coach, you know, whatever you put it off. Mm-hmm. Awesome way to handle it because I've been there. There's one time I got frustrated. I caught myself. I learned from it, and it's fine. It, was, it turned into a learning experience. But the way he handled it was excellent. Uh, he, you know, deferred everything to the coach. He was frustrated, didn't want to say anything, and easiest way to do it. And he did a great job, too, because it's a lot harder to say, talk to the coach than it is to say what you're really thinking. So uh, stellar, man. He killed it. All right, cool. Great stuff. I enjoyed meeting him. Not as much as Handsome Hank did. Handsome Hank. January is looming. The holiday season hasn't arrived yet, but on the other side of that, Brian Hartline, it could be a big January 2014 for you. You watch your Buckeyes maybe play in the national championship, then you'll play in some playoff games. That's what I'm talking about. Exciting. Good. It's an exciting time. And now we have cause to root for you. I appreciate it, man. Brian Hartline. Thanks for having me. Thanks for paying a visit. We already had cause to root for you. (laughs) No, I like black and gold, but I do need a new team to to finish out 2013. It's not good. All right, Brian Hartline. Get out of here. Go have fun on TV today. Appreciate it, guys. Dave. Dave. All right. So he's gone, handsome. How did you feel about that? It, it was what a thrill to speak to Brian Hartline. It was neat. It was, yeah, it was very but neat. But more importantly, do you still have your game face on? I think in a way he's he's galvanized me um, <laughs> against Tony Romo. I'm kind of disappointed. Brian Hartline's one of my sort of two or three favorite Dolphins, but went down a little bit in my estimation with his his Romo apologist. No, uh, no, no. Well. well, bring him in. Bring him in, Black Tie. There, well, hold him at the door for one second. He went challenged on it. Yeah, well, yeah. He initially but, said, "Yeah, I'm on Romo's side," and then I said, "Well, but what about those picks that he throws and, at the and, end of big games?" And he said, "Well, yeah. I mean, you can't really do. Yeah, I mean, that's well, that's and, true. and that's exactly where Elliot Harrison's <laughs> going as well." <laughs> All right, here they are, everybody: the Romo apologists from Cincinnati, Ohio, and from Dallas, Texas. It's Chris Wessling and Elliot. Harrison! And in the other corner, all the way from across the Atlantic Ocean, he hails from London, England. It's handsome Hank! And me. I thought it was important to bring in you, Chris Wessling. How are you, by the way? I'm a little out of breath. I just was, got done chasing chickens and running up a flight of steps. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was me be, making a joke about like how I'm like Rocky Balboa. You ever seen that picture? We got that. We got that in my hometown. We got right in downtown. Everybody turned out. Everybody went out to see Rocky too when it came into the theaters. All right, Wesling. I like that you're from south of the Mason-Dixon line because you are going to be pro-Romo here. Cincinnati's north of the Mason-Dixon line. Is that right? Yes. I guess that makes it sense. Straddles it straddles it. But then again, people call it Cincitucky. Is that what they call Cincitucky, it? Cincitucky. Hamiltucky is another. Yeah, there's all kinds I've of I've been it. there. It's I, I, You know what I've said about uh, Cincinnati more than once? It's the poor man's Pittsburgh. It's so close to Kentucky that I delivered mail in Covington, Kentucky while I lived in Cincinnati. 
Yeah, we had the mail. I would get on the back of my steed and I'd ride across the river. <laughs> walk right through it. Kept me up on high, you know. And then get so much as my shoes wet. If I had shoes on, which I didn't. All right. Now, here he is, the main man. A man who has taken a good deal of Twitter abuse. Really, first of all, it was it was it would have been left alone and everybody would have been yes elliot harrison you're right but one handsome hank decided to respond and it felt to me like the unwashed masses were on handsome side on my side but then the the the, the highbrow insiders like elliot and chris wesley says you don't understand football if you don't see how great tony romo is here he is everybody it's elliot harrison how are we sir Oh, I'm so glad I came on. Um, <laughs> you know, I just put you in the category of the know uh, of the people who know it better than the rest of us. Well, Chris, I wanted to respond to Cincinnati. You know, no longer being south of Mason Dixon line because uh, that ain't us out there no more. We we changed it to regular people. <laughs> <laughs> if I can change. And you can change. We all can change. That's what Balboa tells the Soviet crowd gathered to watch him defeat Drago. And I, I hope, fellas, that at the end of this, we can be like Balboa and Gorbachev and applaud one another's efforts. Amen. Now, let's get into it. Elliot, you watched on Sunday a terrific game. I, like I just told Heartline, I was unable to see it. I was busy watching the Pirates and Cardinals in the NLDS. But the mass. Yeah, but, but once you lay out what you have in your check report, once you lay out your. your... I've done it. I, I've already done it, but I'll say it again. Yes, I think Tony Romo is dynamite. I think, again, he makes plays that very few quarterbacks in the NFL now or possibly even forever. He's Staubachian for Cowboys fans in his ability to dodge would-be tacklers on the wrong side of the line. He slings it downfield. He makes uh, – I, I, see, now I almost just fell into some cheap rhetoric about how he makes the guys around him better. He doesn't because they go 8-8 eight and eight every year, so I don't know that he does make anybody <laughs> better. And so one point is, yes, he is terrific, but it is also not my imagination that he has thrown – some really bad interceptions in some really big spots. That is not an illusion. And there's no way to argue around that fact that he is very productive, except when the game is on the line. And this idea, well, he doesn't have any help around him. First of all, he does have help around him. He has Des Bryant and Jason Witten. Jason Witten's going to the Hall of Fame. If Des Bryant continues to go the way he is, even if he just maintains his current level, he's no worse than the third best receiver in the NFL. Those are his two guys who he gets to throw to. They do have a running game with DeMarco Murray now. That offensive line, statistically at least, Chris Wessling is playing better than we expected this year. And while the defense is shoddy, you know who else had a bad defensive effort on Sunday? Peyton Manning. He still won the game. He didn't turn the ball over. False. False. He turned the ball over he, late in the second half. Right, but he didn't turn the ball over and cost them the game. Tony he, Romo his did not turnover, cost them the game. His turnover wasn't the thing that resulted in the final three points being scored. No, it resulted but, in points, though. And they all not, counted on Sunday. They I, all I, counted. I agree. I agree. But at that time that Tony Romo had his unfortunate turnover, what was the score? Hank. I what was the score at the time of that turnover? It was 48-48. And where, was, where, was, where did the turnover take place? It took place around the 20-something yard line. And, and how much time was left? Two minutes. It was north of the two-minute warning. So I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're there. No, no, let's just stay right with that. We'll not even get into Tony Romo. We'll just talk about football. 
Okay. All right. It's second and 16. Why is it second and 16? Because there's a holding penalty on uh, Dwayne Harris's kickoff return. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second and 16. Let's say that Romo throws that ball away. Rolls out. He sees that Escobar's got a linebacker cutting in front of him. Which, by the way, brilliant play by Trevathan. I, the more no, I look at no, it, no I agree with you. That. No, no, Although it was triple coverage, too. His eyeballs yeah, also should have told him yeah. that's a bad spot. How many linebackers drop balls right in their hands? That guy lunged. It was a great play, and I don't think he's received enough credit. But I know that we're not here to talk about him. No, no, no. Okay. no I'm not, I'm not, I think, I think okay. we all agree. I don't think anyone's here saying that, that it was an average play. No, but he was, shouldn't it, have tried to jam that. But Romo no. shouldn't have tried to jam that ball in and, there with three defenders in the air. And Tony Romo admitted that the ball placement he wasn't happy with. It wasn't where he wanted. Right. So let's say be. let's say he throws the ball out of bounds. He was out of the pocket. He rolled out to his right. Chris, am I saying anything that uh, you watch the game right? Yeah, he's you're, you're on track right. here. So he throws the ball out third and sixteen. Well, he right. wouldn't. He didn't actually need to throw it out of bounds because Demarco Murray was open. Okay, but you know, people sometimes need to tap the brake on that. Quarterbacks can't see every single receiver at every moment of a play. You you focus on one guy, then another guy, then another guy. He so, also tripped over his offensive lineman's foot. Okay. Right, right. So, look, I mean, that happens. Steve Young. Yeah, I'm saying he, he, you're going to see even less when you're falling, falling because you tripped over somebody's foot. Right, but I don't, I don't want to excuse Romo for being unathletic there. Okay, so let's, say, let's just say for argument, he throws it out of bounds. It's third and 16. Dallas probably doesn't, most of the time, you don't pick up third and 16. It is probably a less than 15% probability in the NFL. Okay, Dallas punts, Denver returns probably to its own 45 if they get a good return to Dallas's 45. Is there any way that Dallas's defense stops Peyton Manning in that scenario? Dallas punts, Denver gets the ball at their own 45. Anyway. I mean, who knows? Peyton throws interceptions at big moments as well. Dallas could That's not documented stop them. Too. Almost the whole game, Dallas could not stop them. Secondly, is there any chance that Peyton Manning leaves any time on the clock for Romo to come back? No. Because he's going to call no Sean Marino runs, and they're going to kick. And by the way, Prater's got a huge leg. Prater can kick from 50. He beat the Bears with two 50-something-yard field goals two years ago. They're going to win the game anyway. Uh, well, but listen, I, I, I understand the There's premise you're laying out, which right. assumes, and by the way, it does assume, you're right that third and 16, if he doesn't if he doesn't uh, dump the ball off or tuck it and try to run and pick up five yards himself and make He's it more manageable. Okay, but let's say yeah. let's say it's third and 16. But, you know, I can also create scenarios in which it's a little bit, it's more manageable okay. in third down. But, okay, third and 16. Now he's going to try to pick it up. And he doesn't do it. Now they have to punt the ball mm -hmm. and do it. Isn't that better? Aren't those odds way better than Tony Romo trying to squeeze another ball in that he shouldn't, an ill-advised pass, especially given his track record? And by the way, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. This isn't, let's say, I'm trying to think of somebody who is neither clutch nor a choker labeled either one, you know, because I think those those titles get to be tough on somebody and they become one or the other and it's unfair. So who is a guy who's sort of in the middle of that? Aaron Rodgers kind of thing, I guess, possibly? Is that... Uh, yeah, okay. He's not... Nobody says that, man, that's the guy you want under center. I mean, nobody says, look at what he's done. He always is pulling off those last-minute comebacks. Roethlisberger has that swagger. Eli has that kind of thing with, uh, you know, around him more. This, this is not in a vacuum. Tony Romo has a number of these bad picks there. So it should be in his head, don't don't turn the ball over. Right. You cannot give this game away. And, yes, you have a lot on your shoulders, Tony, but don't be the guy to turn the ball over And even here. if it's not in his head, because actually I'd prefer a quarterback if it wasn't in his head because that's 
you don't want it in his head. But he, he the reason that people label him this is because it's happened before. Like, and, and if you get a reputation for something, you've got a reputation justifiably. That's why after the game, people, including myself, are saying Tony Romo did it again. Tony Romo looked a lot like Tony Romo today. He was dynamite for 58 minutes, and then he wasn't for the last two minutes. That's basically what it boils yeah, down and, to. And, and, and not just dynamite. He played. He outplayed Peyton Manning, who I think we could all make an argument is playing the best five-game stretch of any quarterback, maybe in history, certainly in the NFL right now. He outplayed him for 58 minutes. Make him beat you, in other words. So it's acceptable that he did it because, well, we would have lost anyway, so he may as well throw an ill-advised ball on our side of the field. Yes, Wes? You know what the problem is with this bout right here? We're all reasonable. And this whole thing is about people who are unreasonable on both sides. Romo has become a divisive figure like a Tim Tebow or a Pete Rose or a Bob Knight where when you're in the argument, you're going to side against the person who's the most unreasonable. You got upset because of what one national writer said on Twitter. Who, me? Pete Prisco of CBS said, if you bash Romo, the quote was that really really fired me up, is – if you bash Romo after this game, you're an idiot. That's why the four of us <laughs> are Peter in here King, right now. Then Peter King retweets it, and Elliot retweets it, and Adam Shine writes a, a screed about you don't get football if, if you bash Romo. It's like, well, listen, if I've been watching football the last seven years, one major takeaway would be that Tony Romo is fantastic except when the game's on the line. That's That just is the reality of it. I know you're going to throw out his quarterback rating in right. the fourth quarter. It that does is not matter. equal wins and losses. Wins and losses are what count. He throws the I games don't... away in big moments. Listen, Wes. I'm trying to think of your team. Oh, yes. Okay, so you're a Cincy guy. And now <laughs> you like the well you don't like the Bengals anymore. They're not it's it's I guess it's a baseball comparison. How about it? Let's look at it this way. Until 2004 at least, the Red Sox were their history was devastating losses, really good, and then crushing losses in October again and again and having to survive those things as a fan. On the other hand, just a little bit uh, a, a, you know, a little bit towards the Midwest there, Chicago Cubs. They just were never in it. It, was not, it wasn't crushing losses. By June, it was, yeah, let's go out and sit in the sun and drink beer because this team stinks as usual. I guess philosophically the question is, because the, 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 the straw man argument I refer to is, so you think he stinks? So Romo stinks. He's, he's as bad as Mark Sanchez. You think, no, I didn't say that. No, that's, that's the, um, the vexing thing about Tony Romo is that he's not Mark Sanchez level bad. The point is, he is the Boston Red Sox pre-2004. Yes, he's good. He always has you in the mix. He's dynamite. And I did it again. He broke my heart again. I can't take it. I'd rather just have Mark Sanchez be like, yeah, we got a bum. That's it. And that's what <laughs> that's what Brian Hartline said as a Cowboys fan. He was saying, what, you want to get rid of Romo? And it, no, absolutely not. You want a guy who's going to get you to the brink of these big games. But you, the, the next level, because it's difficult to find a franchise quarterback in the NFL, but the next level is I want someone who's going to win me playoff games, ultimately win me a Super Bowl. And I can't, I can't be convinced that, so that Tony Romo is that guy. There's so much more to it than that. I mean, first of all, if Kyle Orton came in, the Cowboys would not lose. I, but I'm not. I'm certainly not saying that that's oh, a good on. idea. Hang on. The Romo apologists say that if Romo apologists, Romo apologists. Sorry. Well, you could just say we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That if Kyle Orton came in, we would lose fifty to twenty. I disagree. 
they would lose 27 to 20 because the Dallas defense would know they got to play their butt off and they'd be more motivated to play their butt off because they know they've got a spare in there. And we can't just sit there. But when they when you have a quarterback like that, look what's going on with Denver's defense. Sometimes you just don't play as hard. That's why when Kyle Orton came in for the Bears as a rookie, their defense played lights out that year. Lights out. So that Kyle Orton didn't have to do anything. But that didn't mean that Kyle Orton was playing well. And I want to make an analogy for you. You talked about how the percentages were better if, if they would have punted. I agree with you. But let's put you into Tony Romo's head for a second. Let's say hypothetically – hypothetically, you ever did a TV or internet section segment with someone who really wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. And you really hypothetically, hypothetically, (laughs) and you had to take over that segment hypothetically. Okay. (laughs) And after seeing that person hypothetically screw up time and again, or stammer or whatever, you would hypothetically jump in more aggressively and try to come up with a witty comment to cover for both of you. Right. All right. Right. So maybe you do it a few times and you do it successfully, but then you get in this habit because you're so used to having to do that that now you stammer because you were trying to think of something witty to say, right, on live TV, and it just – it bombed. That's – hold on. Don't say anything. I'm not. I'm listening to you. Don't talk. That's what Tony Romo (laughs) – that's what Tony Romo is doing on the sideline with that sweaty baseball cap, watching his defense chase Eric Decker, watching, thinking, dude, I got to score here. We don't score here. We lose. Period. Period. I got to make a play. I challenge you and Hank right now. And Chris, you jump in on this. I want you guys to tell me the choke Romo moments that you know in your brain right off the top of your head. Right now. In uh, Heinz the- Field, 2008, okay. early December, two yep. minutes left in the game. Steelers tie it. They yep. kick the ball off. Yep. Romo throws Against a the miserable Redskins, ball. The end of throws you a miserable me, ball. Absolutely. Hand me, you had me at hello. Keep in mind that was the best defense in the league by far. Redskins right. at the uh, end of last but, season. But, but I, it was also but Willie point, Williams who picked them up. Yeah, but that, <laughs> come on. That 08 right, Steelers right. defense was phenomenal. Go Redskins ahead. at the end of last season. Absolutely. Agreed. Okay, Chris, can you remember any? Bears game, was, Monday night football. Well, that wasn't a choke game. I mean, they just got blown out. I mean, the whole team played horrible. Oh, it seemed like he had a series. There was a Jets game at the beginning of last Jets. year. There you go. Jets threw the interception to Revis. To Revis. On the, on, okay, so that's three games right there. The Giants. Steelers. Which, was it the season finale two years ago? Yeah, the he whole, missed an but, open but again, Miles Austin. The, the whole oh well, he met that's Miles. That, okay, I, I'll give you that. But J, he he put Romo drove the Cowboys down the field to win that game, and JPP blocked the field goal. I mean, how can you put that on Tony Romo? You know, I mean, you guys remember this game? Of course yes? I do. I mean, you blame just like you wouldn't blame Matt Ryan the other night because he got the Falcons in position, right? Right. And then Geno Smith came back. That's not Matt Ryan's fault. But we've got three legit ones right there. Let's go ahead and throw the Seahawks one in the bag too, just for fun. The drop. I don't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to include okay. that. Okay. Because it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about right. Tony Romo throwing picks at the end of games. Right. So this is where it gets ridiculous. Although right here. we're being naive to say that that doesn't somehow inform Potentially, the yeah. chip he has on his shoulder as he goes forward. Okay. That's the first of many misdeeds. All right. So I've got us down for four right here that come off the top of y'all's head. But you must have more, right? You're a Cowboys fan with a incredible memory I, for football. I can think of a couple of games where he really screwed up. Okay. All right. Now. What do you always hear on on Twitter or social media or even our own network? He screws up. I'm starting to act like you when you mimic people. (laughs) He screws up in the biggest games at the end of the game. Oh, really? The biggest games. I'm sorry, but isn't Denver week five? 
Funny how the Denver game week five is the biggest game oh, of the season. No, 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 Wait no, no, a second. This wait, is an undefeated team in the midst okay, of, a, of a historic offensive run. This is, and there's okay. a reason the Cowboys f- end up finishing eight and eight, nine and seven, because it, because right, they it doesn't count. matter what week it is. they all count. Kind of right. like Peyton Manning's interception in the fourth quarter. They all count. Agreed. Agreed. Wait, I, I don't you know. Said, You're saying no, that no, very no, definitively. No. I don't know what point you just made. You're being a hypocrite. You're saying that Peyton Manning's early fourth quarter interception didn't matter because Romo's came with two minutes to go. Did he not say this, Chris? He did say that. So now you're saying a week five game counts. It's a, it's analogous to one another. Well, it is, but it's not the same. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's Dave, not what I said. Peyton, Peyton really does his uh, best work in terms in, of in January. crucial, devastating picks come playoff time. Okay. That's another Dave, matter. your point. Your point we about, have a couple months till hey, then. Your point about the Pittsburgh game, it was an early December game. I remember that game very well. Dallas was leading 13-3 to in the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Now, Tony Romo last year uh, had two fourth quarter comebacks in December. One was against the Cincinnati Bengals when they had nobody healthy. They came back and won on a field goal. That was a comeback win. Tony Romo had four fourth quarter comebacks last year, which was tied for the NFC lead. But here's the deal. When Tony Romo does that, it's not the lead highlight. Oh, it is so. It is that not. is such nonsense. That, that somehow poor martyr Tony no. Romo Why and all martyr? of his Romo apologists, that Romo gets no praise. You know, Why here's is that what, not part of the narrative? Here's Nobody what, ever talks about his comeback don't victory. Tony, they don't. Nobody they ever don't. talks about his comeback they victory. don't. Oh, that is that, just that's such not, true. That's, that's just not rubbish. True. To say it's just that. Part of the it doesn't make as right. big a noise as, as what he just did. Here's the thing. Right. Let me just so say this, Why Keith. can't y'all just admit that maybe some of this is personal? But, well, exa- it's funny well, it's because only- I swear the next thing that was going to come out of my mouth is, and I don't mean to, I'm not saying you are Elliot Harrison narcissistic. I am saying the Romopology involves an element of narcissism to think that someone objective, I, look, I'm not objective about the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's, I don't hate any teams, including the Baltimore Ravens or Cleveland Browns or anyone else. I have no, I, I have no visceral feeling for their success or failure. I, I do. It hurts me when the Steelers lose. It pleases me when they win. Hank hates the Jags. Now listen. <laughs> True. <laughs> Why would I hate those the are his Florida roots? I just don't out. think about them. <laughs> Listen, I get no pleasure or sorrow from what Tony Romo does. I, uh, the, I, the assumption that I do, what axe do I have to grind with that right. guy? I couldn't care Actually, less what he you know does. What? As a Dolphins fan, at the end of that game, I'm going to put myself in the you know hated Mercury Morris bracket. I wanted the Cowboys to win that game. But now, now here's the, the here's the yeah. other yeah. here's the other side of that uh, of of that sort of martyrdom slash narcissism that seems to come out quite a bit is. Poor Tony. I mean, but he's he's perpetually behind the eight ball before the game even kicks off. Wait a minute, because he has no one around I so, him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't feel sorry for him. The guy makes a hundred. All right, but you understand. I mean, in football terms, Chris. I'm talking about he's not surrounded by talent. So and how can we, if you put Tony Romo on the Bengals, they'd be undefeated. Listen, he is on a team that has some seasons had a lot of talent. Other seasons, they've been talent poor. This year, Tom Brady's team is talent poor. They're four and one. You know, Brian Hartline points out that defense has improved. Yes, it is. Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers played behind not mediocre offensive lines when they won their Super Bowls, their most recent Super Bowls. They were behind bottom ten in the Dude, league the offensive Packers lines. Had the number they one still won Super Bowls. Wait a minute, the Packers had the number one defense in twenty ten. All right, uh, this- in terms of takeaways, like the, the Packers. I'm saying this over eight years. You mean for me to believe that they are just such a perpetual 
no. messed up organization. No. That the only thing they got right was Tony Romo. No. And everything else has failed, and he's always got – poor no. Tony. How's he going to pull up this sad sack minute. of players? You're doing right now what you accuse Romo apologists of doing. You're speaking in these grand gestures. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that Tony Romo is just under the elite-level quarterback. I think Tony Romo is the seventh-best quarterback in the NFL. That's how I honestly feel right now, today. And I could give you my top six if you want to. I love to hear that. That's I would, what I, put, I, would I would put him sixth through the first five games this year. He's the sixth-best quarterback in the NFL through mean, five games this I, year. I just mean overall, for me. He's number seven, okay? What keeps him from being elite is exactly what you guys are talking about. What I don't like is people – like you guys sometimes, sitting on social media at work or whatever, waiting for him to screw up and then tweeting about it. Like, we don't wait for Rashard Mendenhall to dance behind the line like he's done 500 million more times than Romo's own interceptions, but we don't tweet about that. It's a quarterback league. It's a, all the rhetoric. It's a quarterback league. The quarterbacks are the biggest stars. And, and they let, get all the credit. They get all the blame. Is it fair? No, but that works that way for every team. Same thing as Peyton Manning throwing that terrible pick. This idea that, well, why doesn't Peyton Manning get abused? He does get abused. It was his fault that that game, that they didn't beat the the Ravens last I year did it in, the in a Super Bowl as well. I mean, the, of course, the, the, the it's his fault. Time, the first time that Romo did this, the is it Raheem pe- Moore's fault or is it Manning? It's Manning to go waiting like, oh great, Tony I, I Romo agree. screwed up. But when you do it two times, three times, four times, inevitably Ben Roethlisberger, right. his first Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger wins his first Super Bowl. All you've ever heard about that is. That nobody talks about the oh, the defense was really good and Alan Fanica was devastating on that one when he pulled that was the difference maker in that game is that he freed up fast Willie Parker to bust that long run yeah, and that it. opened the game up all you ever hear is well Ben Roethlisberger stunk and didn't deserve right, that Super right. Bowl that's not like a crap yeah. that's that's all anybody talks about I'm gonna go back to my point before it's all perception. And when we're dealing with the lunatic fringe, you've obviously Whoa. dealt with a lunatic fringe who makes apologies for offensive lines and surrounding talent. I don't hear that. No one ever makes apologies to Tony, about Tony Romo to me. What I hear about is the same thing Elliot says. You're sitting there on social media waiting to jump on this guy as soon as he makes a mistake. That's what I've noticed, and that's why I'm it's here today. The, and here it is. Right. Ellipses, but, ellipses, ellipses. All right, we'll wrap it up with this. We'll Twitter. wrap it up with this question for Wes and for Elliot. I, this is now seen. Then the argument kind of moves around. It is again the straw man argument. Then when you go historic, it becomes so by that sort of logic that wait he hasn't won the big one, so that makes him bad. No, it doesn't make him bad. It just doesn't make him legendary. And if you want him to be legendary and great and iconic and a possible Hall of Famer and all that, then he has to come through in the big games at some point in his career. That's just the way it is. He can't be. Is he is he great or is he not great? That's really the question. And and that's what I throw at you. I'll start with you, Wes. Is he great or not? He's not great. He's a very good quarterback, and he'll become great. I think all four of us agree on this. If he wins in the playoffs, then he gets a pass like Peyton Manning has. Of course, yeah. yes. Do it once. If you were the starting quarterback for eight years and you're great, then at some point there's going to be some run where you get hot like Joe Flacco did. I don't think Joe Flacco is great. He has been good in the playoffs, to be fair. But is he great week in and week out? No. If I had to take but the field tomorrow. But he got hot for that one. you got to do that if you want to be held up. If you want to hold him up as great, then he's got to come through and be great when it is important to be great. If I had to take the field tomorrow, I would take Romo over Joe Flacco and Eli Manning, and they have rings. 
Pretty I think, interesting. I, I think that's fair. I, I, you asked for my ranking of quarterbacks. I'll just go ahead. to you right now. Uh, I've got uh, one Manning. I've got two Brady. I've oh, got, come on. Both those guys ahead of Aaron Rodgers? I've got tied for three Breeze and Rodgers. I'm just telling you my All list, right, dude. I'm listening to it. Well, I don't want to get into that get, argument, I got, but I can't believe there's two I'll guys ahead the of one, Rodgers. I wrote this in my power rank because I'm getting killed for it right now. I wrote Roethlisberger five. And everyone's all over me about that. They're like, he's so much worse than that. He's terrible. I'm no, serious. That's I got, fair. Crazy. I got, that's fair. I got Luck six uh, based on partially on potential, and I have Romo seven. That's how I've got it. Over Ryan, over Flacco, over Eli, not over Luck. That's how you have it. And I just want to say one more thing, and I'm going to shut up. You're a big Dolphins fan. You love Dan Marino, right? This is not the typical argument that about Marino not having rings. I don't care that Romo's a cowboy. There's tons of cowboys like Anthony Spencer that have hurt that team. They've been inconsistent. You know, I can go on and on and on. I only got this fired up about any sports argument when people used to say that John Elway was so much better than Dan Marino. I was like, what games are you watching? I'm on your Be- side on this because one, too. John Elway was, had all these comebacks because he threw three interceptions in the second quarter. Right. Dan Marino didn't have to overcome himself. But Marino didn't have the rings, and once Elway got the two rings, which he would have never gotten without Terrell Davis. Without the talent yeah. that he had surrounding him. agrees. So that. to me, Romo is the same thing. It's just this dumb... Stupid thing we all subscribe ah, careful. To. You're sliding yeah. into putting that's this is where it gets <laughs> this is you're sliding into it's the same thing as Romo off of a Marino thing. It's just to me it's not all about Is he a Hall of Famer? I think right now Romo is a Hall of Very Gooder and he's very close to Hall of Fame. He's in the Donovan Mc, Donovan McNabb category. Better. Than Donovan McNabb, yeah, I, I would, disagree with that. You would, you would yes. disagree. What about you? I, w- I would disagree as well because Donovan McNabb kept going to the playoffs, kept going to the and carried, going to the NFC Championship games to the championship. You know what? I, I will say this: there was a there was a point where McNabb was phenomenal. It's just his de- his decline happened sooner. Yes, you know, and it happened quickly. Uh, and as it well. happened very quickly. But his crescendo, like oh one, outstanding. Uh, Dave, all right, McNabb Dave? or Romo? Um, I would take Romo. Romo, Romo okay. by a whisker, but it does. It's, it, that's it, a good argument. It's again. I'll tell you though that he it, Ro, McNabb for me is. I, I I often talk about the Rolling Stone syndrome, which is whatever hap, what's happened most recently has sort of covered up the early stuff. They're you know the Rolling Stones made wonderful records, but in the last twenty years they've been all junk. And now people think if you ask the, some kid on the street what about the Rolling, they'd be like, oh, that, those old losers, they, their music sucks. Yeah, well, go. And They'll look up the you know find their good records and then you'll think differently. McNabb early was great. Yep. He just yeah. got fat and couldn't this move is, around anymore, and the, that was the key to his game. The McNabb Romo thing is kind of similar to what you would say about active quarterbacks. Romo has been steadily productive and never really has had an awful season. And then you compare him to guys like Rivers and Eli Manning, who have had some brutal seasons. Yeah, but they, they don't get but they have, yeah they don't the, get blamed. Eli for it. doesn't get. Blame for you, it. You've got that up and down with Eli and Rivers, where Romo just is I don't, very I don't think, good. Every I don't year. think Rivers has got the pass. No, 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 R- Rivers, Rivers, Rivers in the last two pass. years has not got a pass. Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. Oh, and, and let me to... just tell you, and then this is uh, this will be my last point, and I think we can wrap it up. I don't want it to get to to, to veer into too much redundancy here, but you know, Flacco. A cheat was never on a level that anybody would uh, throw slings and arrows at him because nobody looked at Joe Flacco as be- the the. Romo is put into a certain category because statistically he's very productive. So Joe Flacco was never that until January, this past January. Now that he's getting paid twenty some million dollars, those I'll tell you until they won these games. Now that you know they 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 go down to Miami and win a big game there, but there was a, there was starting to get to be some momentum behind 
whoa, Joe Flacco, man, why'd they invest so much money? It's corrupted the team. He's not worth that kind of money. You start getting into that kind of dollar range and you and the team is to some degree built around you, you are then expected to be productive all the time or you will be torn to shreds. Witness in Pittsburgh, half that city would trade Ben Roethlisberger right now. I mean, all, all the Yinzers out there are talking about like, yeah, Roethlisberger's done, dude. We ought to trade him to Houston. Get a couple first-rounders <laughs> for him. It's like, what? What are you talking about? He's 31. He's not really <laughs> trading Ben Roethlisberger. Eli Manning's abused. Peyton Manning, as we just talked about in the last 15 minutes, gets abused. Tom Brady this season was getting some abuse. He won three rings for those uh, for those people up there. Everybody, it's the position. This idea, why are people attacking Tony Romo? Because every quarterback who's considered good gets abuse. That's the point. Period. No one wants it to happen or doesn't. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are some haters out there, Redskins, Eagles, Giants fans, or tech people in Texas who hate the Cowboys. I'm sure they do root against Romo. I'm not that. I don't care. I'm just pointing out. I'm reacting to the preponderance of evidence. Did we decide on reality check or Shextra? Because I have one bull check. Ah, <laughs> that doesn't deserve your laughter. But you know what? Congratulations That's to That's put us together, Elliot. All right. You know what? I say ding, ding, ding. The fight is over. Let's, you know what? Just to do it, because pe- this is a sports show, and people like winners and losers in sports. Let's go to the judge. One, Only one man was keeping score. That's black tie behind the glass. Go ahead, guys. I gotta go with um, I gotta go with the Roma apologist on this one because as ah! Westling said, as Westling said, it's we're reasonable people here. It doesn't have to be one or the other. He's a very productive. That's very what talented. I what said. What do you mean? That's you well, listening to any of this? <laughs> well, not really. Actually, it went no, way exactly. too long. But either way, I just prefer. Westling's and uh, Harrison's arguments. I wonder one thing. I can't believe (laughs) that your nominal boss, Handsome Hank, and the person whose name is on this podcast is the one who you just cast your vote against. Some people would say that's integrity. I say it's jive, and you better be careful with yourself. I don't like that. You where's your bread buttered black tie? Yes, Elliot or Chris Westling. What do they have to do with you? This is your boss, Handsome Hank. What do you have to say about this, Handsome? It's all right. I'd I'd like to know what uh, body language analysis is. Anyway, (laughs) I think think that's more important about this. Oh, speaking of, I I could give a quick rundown with the reason Romo gets a lot of hate is because he does. Oh, he's going to clear it all up for us. Is because he does show that his mistakes hurt him. You can see after the pick. You can see in the post game press presser. If he was more like Eli, who honestly looks like he doesn't care sometimes, it's like. (laughs) Happy-go-lucky. I'm sure people People in Dallas would would forgive him. I don't understand what that point means. Tony Romo gets a lot of heat because he actually shows that he cares. Cam Newton does, too, and he gets a lot of heat. Uh, Cam Newton pouts. Exactly. There's a a difference. There's a big difference. Tony Romo is a Shakespearean tragic figure. He's a beautiful loser. All right. I think this was fun. I don't think it got too heated. I hope everybody feels okay now afterwards. Elliot and Handsome, would you like to say anything to each other? Sorry, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that brings up my favorite segment of, of DDFP has black tie seen. Uh, that movie was that was Naked Gun, right? Oh, you remember when Kurt Gowdy goes up? Sorry, uh, yelled at you yesterday, the broadcaster. You remember that? <laughs> All right, let's take a quick. Uh, let's take, in case you're not familiar with the segment, Black Tie has seen no movie that was created prior to 2006. Prior to 90. 90- 
92. And he's seen about he's seen about four movies since then. That's not true. But anything that existed before that is almost before 92. Yeah. Absolute guarantee that he has not seen it. That's right about when Naked Gun came out. I would say probably late eighties. No, it was late eighties. Uh, late eighties, yeah. yeah, yeah. like eighty eight. I should think. I'm gonna say no. I'm on a one game losing streak. I'm usually great at this game too, but I but uh, not not a shot. I actually would go as far as I don't think he may have even heard of it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm, uh, I'm the Bizarro Black Tie. I haven't seen any movies since the mid nineties. I'm going to say if I've seen it, he probably hasn't. Right. So he All has right. not seen Nick again. I'm, I'm going to well, – there's what's a not a trifecta? What is it when it's four? Do we, a quadfecta. Is it a quadfecta? Well, you can go with it. Quadfecta. I'm going to say you have not seen Naked Gun. More than two minutes of it. <laughs> so we're all right. It's too easy. The buzz, may, yeah. It's it really as long as you say he hasn't seen it, you're going to feel good about yourself. Have you heard? Had you heard of? Of that, course, have I've you heard, heard of that movie? Of course, I've heard of Naked Gun. You guys need to do movies more so in the nine, 95 range, 96, <laughs> 97. Okay, and then we can get into business. Let me just ask, and because I, I don't want it to be anticlimactic, have we done Rocky Four before? No, show? we've done Rocky 1 and 2. Okay, then let's do Rocky 4 no, since those... it came up in our conversation here. Rocky 4, no, I have not seen Rocky 4. I, I was, we right... were just trying to play the game! <laughs> oh, uh, too late. <laughs> I have not seen Rocky 4, and I don't intend to, really. It's just, at, at some point, you got to stop. I stop after 3. Did you see 3? Half of it. A little but bit. So you've watched half of Well, well I didn't sit so down and watch it. And I've seen it. <laughs> you didn't need to see how if Balbo So you left off Which where half? you leave off my, I've, Mickey I've, is dead. I have Mickey dies and Balboa loses I've, the belt. I've, well, I've that's the end of the movie I've for explained. me. I dislike <laughs> sports movies. It's just something uh. Um, and Tom Cruise movies. The, yeah, bo- the body goes, language doesn't seem realistic. Kind of, yeah, it's just <laughs> rather cliche. You know how things are usually going to end up. I just it's, it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. I'd like to make a unique prediction. I want to tell you where I think that TD left off in Rocky Three. Right when Mr. T shows up at the press conference with the raw high jacket on and says, "Hey woman, hey woman, look at this bum fighting other bums. Would you give me Come a on chance? over here, be a, yeah. be a real man. <laughs> that is awesome." That All right, you, enough oh, movie talk. That is a movie I've seen a ton of times, actually, about five times. But, guys, can we get some picks? Fine. Why did you see Inception five times, but you haven't seen any classic You once? could have used those two hours I've never each heard time. Of Inception. You could have used. <laughs> <laughs> what was our last movie? It was 48 Hours, right? Yes. Yep. Did you see 48 Hours? I have seen 48 yeah, Hours. Okay. Have you, have you seen Black Tie? Have you seen Trading Places? No way. No mm-hmm. way. Coming to America. Of course I've seen Coming to America. You cannot say, of course, to any movie. <laughs> the, name, the number of movies you haven't that seen. Was, I honestly didn't sit down and watch it. It was just something my oldest sisters were watching because I was the youngest growing it's up. It's the equivalent. So. It's like, oh, that was a tight game the Cowboys were in. Did they win? Of course they won. Tony Romo was under center. Same level of response. Makes no sense. Uh, I never really loved nice it, though. Nice day. I thought we buried the hatchet. All right. Yeah, we did bury that. Okay. All right. Wes, thank you for stopping by. We appreciate it every time we see you. Around the league, find his pages at NFL.com. Find his podcast along with uh, his pals, Greg Rosenthal, Dan Hanzoos, Mark Sessler. Boy, I was remiss, Black Tie. We should have gotten Hanzoos because his Jets are flying high, and they host my Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd love to hear... What he thinks. I'm, I'm honestly thinking we might need to do a part two here, guys. We when need to I, get the picks. We when need I to saw get to Cameron Jordan, we have a lot going oh, on. Oh, yeah. We got Cameron Jordan of the Saints coming up. We got a lot going on. We got to talk to him about if he gets confused about whether he's K 
Cameron George. I don't even know who Cameron. it is anymore. Is it Jordan Cameron? And, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. Do you know how I uh, figured out how to tell them apart? Cameron Jordan is Steve Jordan's son, the old Vikings tight That's end. right. Yeah. So that's how. That's the only reason I can ever But then there's also part. Cameron Hayward. And He's Jordan Cam- Cameron Jordan plays in New Orleans. And Cameron Hayward plays in Pittsburgh where – his where Cameron Hayward's father, Ironhead Hayward, played his college ball, and then he went to New Orleans. Orleans. Now you just unraveled all That's, my progress. I know. Went it's back difficult. to square one. It's very hard. It's very hard. And how Cam Cameron factors into all of this, I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Beat it, Wesling. A right. pleasure to see you. Thank my you pleasure, for stopping guys. by. Thank you for helping uh, Elliot so that he didn't get double teamed here. That would have been bad. All right. What do you think, Black Tie? Let's stop it there. That's one really good podcast i really loved brian hartline i loved the the vigorous debate let's shut it down there listen here now Czech republic we are going to stop this podcast and we're going to do a third one this week black tie that's what it is the trifecta awesome. the trifecta right the picks the red challenge flag sec red challenge flag segment coming up for you on episode three of the dave damashek football program this week be on the lookout for that one in the meantime Thanks. Oh, and also we're going to be talking to uh, Cameron Jordan. Like we said, call it episode three, call it side B, and this was side A. Either way, be on the lookout for that one. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry... But it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all new, all hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.